Welcome to the Business Bites Podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now here's your host, Rachel Brainke. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of The Business Bites. I am Rachel Brinke, all day, every day, and I know you guys are probably a little tired of just hearing my voice, which is why I have invited Jeremy Ryan Slate to join us today. He is the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast to create your life on your own terms. You guys know that putting life before business is something that's really near and dear to my heart, and I preach it to you guys all the time. His history is so impressive. He studied literature at Oxford University. He's a former champion powerlifter, which I totally love that you've got this fitness aspect to you, Jeremy. And he's a media entrepreneur. He specializes in using podcasting and media to create celebrity. And this is what's super cool. As a podcaster myself, I love that he was ranked number one in the iTunes New and Noteworthy and number 26 in the business category. I wonder if we were in the category together at the same time. Hmm, at the top. We'll have to check that out. So, Jeremy, I guess go ahead and say hello, welcome. I kind of just jumped into your bio. Uh, I just, I'm excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be hanging out with you today and hopefully add some massive value to your audience. Yeah, and you know what's funny is we actually have not discussed podcasting. Uh, at all on my podcast. I've really been focused on just helping a lot of entrepreneurs get their feet under them. But when I saw that you were named uh, top 26 podcast for entrepreneurs to listen to, and you're named um, as a top millennial influencer, that is so incredibly cool. Um, and what what is this about BuzzFeed? I'm seeing BuzzFeed on my notes. Do you want to explain that? Yeah. So, um, well, there were two different places. There was uh, Influensive.com where I was named a uh, most influential uh, millennial of 2017 and also BuzzFeed um, that I was named one of the top um, millennial influencers for 2017, which is kind of cool because I'm creating content all the time. I'm trying to help people all the time. And it's, it's amazing how, when you put a lot of attention on like getting media pieces and also helping at the same time that it also creates more media. And I think that's the biggest thing people don't understand about brand building is how important that is to like continually be seeking media all the time. Right, right. You know, and that's the thing. I I get it because like as a newer business owner or entrepreneur, even an established, even myself, I've been doing this over a decade, I can get very overwhelmed. It just all the hats that I have to wear and everything. So my goal with having you today is to help the listeners be able to focus on just one of these hats and to get some great tips from you on how to create their own life and do it the proper way. Because uh, really our goal for you guys listening is to learn from us. We've been there. We've made the mistakes. We're trying to give this to you, serve it to you really quickly through these bites uh, so that you don't have to make the same mistakes that we did because it's no fun making mistakes. Um, all right, so let's just jump right in. I would love to know your top three tips for newer entrepreneurs. And these could even be people that are considering becoming an entrepreneur. But what are the three tips that you would give when they're looking at business and trying to create their own life? Absolutely. Well, I've kind of been in both places on this one. So my, my first tip is always to have something in terms of like 
working for someone else or a job or whatever, when you're creating that first business, because I've been there where I've jumped right into it and you make some really bad decisions when you don't have some source of income. And then the other side, it's when I really created something cool is when I actually had some stability in my life. And that's the one thing you got to think about. And then you can kind of make that decision of, you know, when is it time to move on? When is it time to, to look at, you know, making this full time, but have something because I've been on both sides of that coin. And I'll tell you, I've made some really crappy decisions when Mm -hmm. I haven't had some source of income. Mm -hmm. Um, And also like what I was doing at the time is I was doing contract work for another company where I was only doing 20 hours a week. So I was making decent money, working 20 hours a week, and it gave me time to be able to create everything Mm -hmm. I created. So that was kind of the first thing. Um, The second thing is to know like what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I think that's the biggest thing a lot of people don't understand because we want to make money, right? We're, we want to make money. That's a lot of why we're doing it. But the problem is when you're money motivated right out of the gate, you also make really bad decisions. So you want to figure out like, mm-hmm. what is your purpose here and what you're doing? Like, how do I want to impact people? How do I want to help people? And then you want to see how that aligns with what you can create. And you'll see that when that purpose is lined up with, with your actual like doing this or what you're doing, like you can do a lot more. And that was kind of the, one of the biggest things I looked at is I had, I had somebody, um, when I started my first business say to me, you know, um, uh, we, we use a, a business technology called the Hubbard Management Technology. And he said to me, have you looked at your administrative scale? And what this basically does, it lines up all your goals, all your purposes and everything you're doing. And I looked at it and I'm like, wow, everything I'm doing right now has nothing to do with where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And that was really kind mm-hmm. of a big thing. And I actually went out and got a job after that. And I worked for somebody else as like a contract worker while I was creating a business. And that actually allowed me to do a lot of what I'm doing now. You know, it's funny you say that because I actually, even though I've been doing this for over 10 years, I find myself, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs listening may identify with this, they, you get an impulse uh, to do something because you get a little passion or a little spark for something, but it's easy to become bogged down with all these other sparks and not cultivating the one main fire, which is where Mm -hmm. your true interest is. And I encourage people, don't necessarily distinguish those sparks, just kind of set them aside until you create the platform till you create um, the end goal or there's not really an end in this it's a journey but until you create and get yourself into a position that you're able to focus on those sparks without hurting the uh, messaging the why and the income right then mm-hmm. no absolutely and there's a, a great book I read in that on that too it's called so good they can't ignore you by Cal Newport and it's about kind. Of, it's it's about finding out what you're good at mm-hmm. and getting really good at that, so you can actually create something cool and you become passionate about it. Because I think some so so many times, like especially as millennials, we're like, oh my gosh, I want to be so passionate about mm-hmm. everything I'm doing, and you can kind of get lost in that. Like you can kind of mm-hmm. like not have an end like final product you're trying to sell people because you're like, oh, I'm not passionate about anything. I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that is is like a really bad place to be. And and I guess the third thing I would tell new business owners is knowing who the opinion leaders are in your space. Mm. And that's why I always, you know, find out who they're in your space. It could be Cardone. It could be Branson. It could be any of these people. But these are the people that you want to find out who they are and you want to find out some way, be it a podcast, be it a blog, whatever it is, that you can interview these guys because Mm. that's going to help you with positioning, meaning that you're seen with a Mm. lot of influencers, which are going to help you build your brand. Mm -hmm. But also too, you want to find out who's already been there and done it so you can learn from them. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing too, is you mentioned this before, is learning from other people that have been there. And I I tried to make too many things, uh, too many 
actions early on that I didn't really know what I was doing. And and you really want to listen to people that know what they're doing and have been there and have created results mm-hmm. because they're really cutting the learning curve for you. You know, and it's kind of like I get this visualization of you cook spaghetti and you've got all these noodles and you throw it against the wall and you're going to see what sticks. And I think a lot of times when you're a multi-passionate and you've got all these little things going on, you're just throwing it out there trying to see what sticks. But in the process, what you're really doing is imagine throwing those noodles at someone. They're going to be ducking and moving all over the place, right? You know, (laughs) they're not going to actually catch what you're trying to sell. And I don't mean that from a monetary standpoint, but they're not going to be able to buy into you emotionally, physically, or anything if they're, you know, all these noodles are being hurtled at their head. Exactly. And it's kind of, you know, find one thing to make as your stable point and hold on to that. And I think that's what people... They tried to grab too many things at once, like just like you're talking about. Find one thing, make that stable, and build out from that. But you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and my little tidbit for this too is, like, for example, I write children's books, and a lot of people will go, "What? I followed you for years and didn't know that." And it's because that's one of my noodles. But I don't want to throw that at you when I'm trying to throw everything else. My why to keep people legally protected to help them strategize. Right? These children's books are just stuff that fulfill me. So that comes after everything else. You know it's not that I necessarily had to not do that that interest and I don't publish I still publish them they just don't end up becoming a mainstream part of the marketing um, and outreach of who I am mm. no totally I totally agree with you there cool alright so that was for the newers uh, the newers <laughs> the new entrepreneurs I totally created a word newers <laughs> the newbies the noobs well actually you know what New newbies before we move on I want to say enjoy the beginning because to be totally honest I was so stressed you know it's like baptism by fire trying to get everything under control I really do miss the beginning sometimes because I was learning to pivot and grow and I grew so much as a person uh, in those first few years that I really get nostalgic and miss it sometimes so I know it may be completely stressful and overwhelming just Enjoy it now and just know that every day that you're working towards it, you're putting a little deposit in the bank and eventually you're going to cash in eventually. Love it. Yeah. Hopefully really cash in. (laughs) True cash in, but we'll see. All right. So let's flip the script on this a little bit. What are some tips then that you would give to people who are listening that have been entrepreneurs maybe for 5, 10, 15 years and they're just not feeling the spark. They maybe have forgotten their why. And they just are like, is this entrepreneurship thing still for me? Mm. Well, I think the biggest thing and like why a lot of uh, people get burnt out is, you know, we talked earlier about um, a business system I use called the Hubbard Management System that we've used in our business. And one of the biggest things is, is um, you were talking before about wearing many hats, right? Mm-hmm. So we write up a lot of different tasks that are done in our business by individuals and we call them hats. Like hat, what hat are you going to wear when you do this? Mm. So we write up everything. Like what is the purpose of this job? What is the you know mm-hmm. final product that this post achieves? Like what does this person look like? And then every single thing that person will be doing gets written up in that document. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is when you hire that person, you can actually have them do exactly what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest things and it's always been my hesitance early on in my business is like you're, you're like oh my gosh I can't hire somebody they're not going to do it just like me and, and that's one of the things that if you're writing down exactly what you're doing and even like how that person has to be like in terms of like um, let's say when I'm doing booking I have to be tenacious like a bulldog but in the friendly, most friendly way so the person that I'm going to replace myself with has to be like that mm-hmm. so that's one of the really really important things is is 
hire people, but know exactly what you're looking for and have it written up so that you can hire the correct person because that's so important in everything that you're doing. Um, and this, well, I was going to say management and hiring. It's so funny. Um, cause I was just having this conversation with my law partner before I got on with this. Uh, but I have seen this through my multiple businesses and I, and I readily admit it. Management and hiring are the two hardest parts of growing and running a business. Um, it's not creating a blog post. It's not learning SEO. All, I feel like all that stuff can really be learned. And not that management can't, but there's so many different styles and everyone's different and people are people. Uh, so what you just said, if I, I wish you, I had heard from you 10, 15 years ago, because <laughs> I would have saved a lot of time, money, and heartache because I have hired the wrong people. I have banged my head. I've lost money. And it just... It just, and then it was, it just was not good for my business. And I just wonder where would I be now had I not had those bumps in the road? Yeah, but you also, you learn from those experiences too, True. so you can't make yourself wrong for them either. But it's also looking at, you know, how much organization can you get into your business so that you can do more, you know, on a higher level and produce more of it and do it faster. Well, let me ask you this. You say organization, which I think is so funny because I always see entrepreneurs in kind of two camps. You know, we're the passionate, there's a lot of, type A, but within that, either people are super organized to the point that it freezes them and overwhelms them, or you have those that just fly by the seat of their pants. And each of those can work equally well for different people, but how do you, I mean, what would your tips be to bring people to kind of this organized enough but don't become so paralyzed by it? Um, well, I, I'm, I'm actually going to disagree with you there because oh, no! I think like... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, sorry about that. No, that, it's that, awesome. that. There's two camps and they can both work because I really don't think so. Like you have to, you can have some success, but that success can't be duplicatable mm-hmm. um, if you don't have like a process in place, if you don't have a plan in place, if you don't have something that can be done. And that's not to say it has to be crazy. Like right. you don't want to go nuts about organizing if you're not producing because that's just stupid. Like I'm going to sit here, I'm going to organize all day and we're not going to make any money. Well, that's dumb. Well, you know what's um, funny but- <laughs> is I can think of two very successful entrepreneurs. I'm not going to call them out, but they sit in both of those camps. And so those mm-hmm. are the two that I'm thinking of. And maybe they're outliers in this space, yeah. but there are well, some would- that are paralyzed and have to really be nudged, but then she does really well. And then I know a guy who just flies by the seat of his pants has no pro like real processes no workflows nor no organization and is killing it well let me ask you then because i'm this is probably the other part of it have they found the right person to do that for them because i think that's one of the biggest things that you can look at then if you're crappy at that then find somebody that's able to Mm. help you do that and if you probably look at these people i guess and maybe knew you know Mm -hmm. um about the ins and outs of their business there's probably somebody someplace in what they're doing that helps them with that you know maybe it's a software Mm -hmm. maybe it's something but it's hard to duplicate that without that sense of organization really build it up. You you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, because let's be real. Our exec assistants are the real bosses. So shout out to you, Pam, because you're the real MVP. (laughs) 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 How funny. All right. So I guess, do you have anything that you want to leave with them? Um, The entrepreneurs, new, existing, old hat, all of them, the whole range. What if you only could tell them one thing right now that would fuel a fire and get them out of their seats and moving towards success, what would you say? I would say really to put your attention on getting 
as much media as possible and building your brand. Because I think that's the biggest thing people don't realize is mm-hmm. they, they focus on, oh my gosh, I need leads now, I need leads now, I need leads now. And that's mm-hmm. so important. But the problem is you're always fighting that battle every single month. If I need leads now, I need leads bet now. And if you're not building a brand and something that's there, right. um, you can't create a lot of passive leads and you can't um, you know be able to charge as much as you want to charge because you need media and you need press and you need a lot of these things to do that. So I really urge them to, you know whether it's writing for different publications, whether it's getting featured on publications or podcasts or whatever it may be, start building your brand now. Mm-hmm. And even if you've been around for a while, start building your brand now. You know, Get somebody in your team to do that um, because that's really going to help you with having something that's going to be more long-term than just short-term. You know, and, I, and we just talked about newer entrepreneurs and then existing established ones. The newer ones are probably thinking, well, I don't have a team. You know, I don't have someone to do that. My recommendation is is to get onto sites like Upwork, ask in your network. There's people that will work contractor style work. They may be trying to get out of their own nine to five and they're looking for side work like this. And you can have them to do these outreaches for you, you know, have them soliciting for podcast appearances. But all of this reverse engineers exactly to what Jeremy said at the very beginning is what you're focused why and what you're selling. Like what exactly is the message directly? Because if you come out the gate and you reach out to someone to be on a podcast, and even though you may do 50 things, if you include 50 things in the email, you're going to overwhelm the person and they're not going to know how exactly you fit into their media platform. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. hundred percent. So actually I do have a couple like selfish questions here for my own <laughs> gain. Right. So how would you recommend breaking into like the news media? Um, news media in terms of what? I mean, we're we talking about TV. Are we talking about like newspapers? Like, like uh, what what classifies as news media for TV, you? TV, radio. I more think of like those segments that you see maybe at the beginning of the year when they're doing the you know they've got the fitness segments and they got the other ones that are targeted towards um, getting your business and gear for the year. I mean, how I guess maybe your local television network all the way up through being on like Good Morning America. That would be awesome, but. So hint, hint, if any of y'all know any connections there, I would love to go on that show. But um, <laughs> Well, here's the thing I'll say about that, and it's it's kind of like if you haven't done anything, um, you have to search somewhere, and that's kind mm-hmm. of finding a lot of local press. Um, for me, like we've emailed TV stations around here. We've called TV stations around here. We've gotten local papers to pick up press releases. So you have to continually be doing that. And, and find out how you're relevant to what's happening. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's the biggest thing. Like um, recently, um, Huffington Post changed how their contributor platform works. Yeah. And that's something I know a lot about. So we were reaching out to a lot of media to talk about that. So you need to figure out, you know, how you're relevant to what's going on. And um, I'd have to find the post for you. But Peter Shankman, um, the guy that started Help Reporter Out, did a great article um, about how to get featured um, on television, also local press. Um, and how you can, and his like format for doing that, because there's like some different things you can do to, you know, if it's a story of the day or if you want to be like kept on file for when that story of the day comes up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I have an episode I talked about before. Uh, it w- or it was titled, Why Working for Free Can Be Good for Your Business. Uh, because sometimes when it comes to working with m- news media or other podcasts and all these sort of things, a lot of people don't want to go into a podcast so they're not going to get paid for their appearance or they're not willing to work with a local business um, and provide the images to cover an event if they're not getting paid. And I understand there's a line between being paid for your time and uh, your value and what you have to provide, but I also truly 
truly believe in paying your dues. Um, and I don't mean physical payment of dues, but I mean the time and the sweat equity that you put in. Mm -hmm. I've grown with these attachments to brands and uh, media like you're talking about because in the beginning and even now still, I'll do appearances and not – even expect a penny in return, but it all builds that in – you probably have a better term for this. I mean, not necessarily credibility, but it envelopes you in, in um, I guess it is, authority. Authority yeah, and credibility. It, it builds your authority. It builds brand, and that's what people – some people think of brand. They don't, like, always know what they're talking about. Brand is mm -hmm. this big vision of who you are and who your company is, and you're also building that by continually doing this as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, I was reached out to by a really large company that many of you are probably listening to this on their phone. That's the manufacturer. And they wanted me to do a campaign. And I typically only do paid campaigns because I have such a large audience. And I was like, you know what? I'd be stupid to spit in their face. And I said, okay. And I limited, negotiated it so that I was still protecting my time did one very limited campaign and has opened the door now with them to paid campaigns. So for me, that is where I recommend that when you're looking at working with media or local businesses and trying to get this authority, consider the potentials down the line and the little sweat equity that you may have to put into it. No, absolutely, because it does take time and it does take working at it. And I think that's the biggest thing people don't get is I think media just happens. Like media is never looking for you. You have to be out there seeking it all the time. You know, and it's so funny because I get pitched all the time for people to come on the podcast. And it's we will see people who pitch and they do, you know, there's bad pitches, there's good pitches. But the ones that are super consistent and follow up and stay on top of it, they're the ones that get moved to the top of the pile to interview. They're the ones that we become most interested in um, that show that they're also, they're not just here to use my platform, they're here to really provide something in return. Uh, so that's my little tidbit of adding of what you could pitch to media, how exactly you're going to be what you're going to be able to give to their audience. And I think that's the biggest thing because like I, I get pitched a lot too. So probably um, annoys you as much as it annoys me when somebody emails me. And the first thing I talk about is, so I have this book. I want to sell all the people that listen to you. I'm yes. like, oh, dude, dude, I'm not listening. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, your book could be killer. Your book could be amazing. But right there, you've not, you didn't even say hi, or you didn't even research me. You didn't mm -hmm. show that you've done any of the the legwork to even worth giving the um, this virtual real estate. Really, you know, I'm giving up a piece of this real estate to somebody else. So I, I say all that to you guys. To keep that in the back of your mind when you're writing these pitches, when you're reaching out to specific media. Make sure that it's in line with the in line with your client avatar, with your messaging, and what can you provide to them. And I'm not saying give it all away and be completely used and abused. You know, have a backbone, have boundaries, but you need to demonstrate your value. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And it's, it's funny because um, my parents actually named me after an actor um, named Jeremy Slate as well. So I use my middle name for like branding so people like realize I'm something somebody different. Yeah. So it's funny when people pitch me, I know that they don't know who I am or what I'm doing if they say, hey, Ryan, how's it going? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How funny. You know, but you know, you live, you learn. And, and this, my 
encouragement on that. Maybe you've made a mistake in a pitch. Come back around, fix the pitch again in the future because, you know, we get so many. We're not pinning them up on the wall going, ha, 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 we're never going to work with that person. We just close the email and we go on our way. But if you start developing a better pitch, a better voice, and better research into us, keep pitching to people, you know, um, not to the point of annoying, but enough to show that you're interested and that you're in it to win it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Awesome. All right. So I kind of skipped over this at the beginning, but I want to go ahead and give Jeremy a chance to share with you guys a freebie that he has for y'all. And where can they find you as well? Absolutely. So um, I... My business is actually helping people with getting publicity, dealing mainly with podcasts. So I actually put together a great uh, thing for your audience, which is a checklist on how to get themselves booked on podcasts. Awesome. Um, it had to be a great guest. And that's over at commandyourbrand.media slash checklist. And uh, also, that's um, it's, it's funny because people are like, wait, dot what? Yeah, dot media because we are a media company. So like commandyourbrand.media slash checklist. Very cool. I'm also going to stick it into the um, show notes of this as well so people can snag that. Um, where can they reach out to consume the rest of the great knowledge that you have? Everything else is linked up over at jeremyryanslate.com, and I'm Jeremy Ryan Slate on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I love it. That makes it so easy. So, all right, Jeremy, thank you, thank you so much for being here. Guys, this was episode 42, I'm sorry, 43 of the Business Bites podcast. You can find all show notes at rachelbrakey.com forward slash EPI 43. And I hope to see all you guys in the media. Save a little piece for me and best of luck. Thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of the Business Bites. For show notes, a list of recommended tools or referenced episodes, you can find them at businessbitespodcast.com. Until next time.